And now for something completely different. A radio show about books. Didn't think it through at all. Inconceivable! <laughs> yes, the show's serious. That's totally a thing. Thank you. Tarzan of the Apes. Brought to you from out the pages of Edgar Rice Burroughs' immortal book. Oh, wow. In the beginning, the universe was created. This has made a lot of people very angry and been widely regarded as a bad move. And now for your host, Daniel Thompson, a completely underqualified buffoon who has no idea why he's here in the first place. And all were amazed and said, this guy is really good. Do you do children's parties? Hey everybody, how's it going? We are doing a film analysis today. I've got in my buddy Jake Buller and we are going to be tearing to little tiny pieces Disney's newest release, Zootopia. Because this film has a lot to talk about in terms of story, especially in terms of themescape, which we are going to be delving into today. Jake Buller is the exact right person to talk to this about. This guy is the biggest Pixar fangirl I've ever met. He's also just an animation fangirl in general, in fact. I know no one who has the sheer dedication to that genre that Jake has. So he is perfect, a perfect human being to examine this with. And this, just so you know, this is a spoiler review of Zootopia, but honestly, it's a Disney movie, and you're going to see it a thousand times anyway. So if you find out here, it's not like you're missing a whole lot. You know, that's just kind of how that works. But, hey... Thanks for being here today. I'm so glad to have you here today. I've missed you people. Not that I've been gone or anything, but it's just like... It's a week is too long. A week is too long not to converse with you all. Anyway, Jake Buller, Zootopia. Here we go. So let me introduce myself. Do you know who I am? You're here because we want the best, and you're it. Nope, couldn't keep a straight face. Hello, my peoples. Welcome. Very serious writing show with a recurring guest, Jake Buller. Hey, say hi, Jake. What's up? This is technically your third time to be on the show, because you, you had a little cameo. Yes, sir. I had a cameo, which is what animated films are good at. Yes, very good cameo. Earlier, because we, we couldn't bring you in to talk about The Good Dinosaur, because you hadn't freaking seen it. But Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, I don't have a car, so. Yeah, well, that's a problem. So we're going to talk Zootopia today. We got Zootopia. Yes. And you saw the film, I saw the film. I just want your, your, your gut reaction, your brief reaction to the film. What do you think? Well, when I went outside after I saw it, I said... You know, I don't usually make statements right off the bat about films. I like to process them over the course of several hours, but I said, I hesitate to use the word love, but I think I love this film. Mm -hmm. Did the several hours after that confirm that you love this film, or where are you at? Yes, yes. I had multiple discussions, one of which was with you, about the film, and yes, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, our discussion was really cool. We were kind of talking about... You know the Disney's Disney's track record, and mm -hmm. coming off its Renaissance, coming going through what you consider and what many consider to be kind of a, a low peak, 
kind of kind of a valley mm-hmm. in Disney's uh, artistic endeavors, which you think is now the new renaissance. We we are yes. now in as of starting with Meet the Robinsons and Bolt, and mm-hmm. maturing with Tangle. We are now in the Disney new renaissance. Yes, the second renaissance. The second. I'm planning on writing like a whole academic article about it. It's going to be great. I'm going to have so much fun with it. Oh, that would be that'd be so good. I I would look forward to reading it. And I'm curious though. I agree with you in terms of visually, stylistically, in the direction that they've taken it. Disney's been doing good work. Mm-hmm. And Definitely. I, where where does Zootopia play into that? Do you think? I honestly think that Zootopia is the most well-rounded and um, I think mature film that Disney has put out since the first Renaissance, which would be 1989 really? to 1999. Really? Yeah. Yes. That's that's really I mean, I'm a huge, I'm a huge, huge fan of of uh, not Frozen. I almost said Frozen. <laughs> um, Tangled. I'm a huge fan of Tangled. It's my second favorite Disney movie. And subjectively, that's my favorite of this era. But mm-hmm. objectively, I feel like Zootopia is an extremely strong film. Structurally, I mean, with characters, um, soundtrack's not half bad. My old friend Michael Giacchino did a fantastic job. Uh, is, um, it, is it Giacchino? Is that how you pronounce his name? I don't know. That's the problem with being somebody who reads all of this information. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, Michael. He's a good He's a good composer. He, he really does good work. Now, do you think your, your like for Zootopia has anything to do with its plot similarities to Tangled? Have you have you have you have you gone um, through this yet? I went through um, like this revelation. Oh, no, actually. That's a really in- interesting idea. Why don't you explain that a little bit? Well, you got you got your wide-eyed female protagonist who wants to believe the best about the world and she's got her dream and she's pursuing her dream, but in order to get to her dream, she's got to team up with the rogue who's lovable and she has something over <laughs> his head in both yes. cases and he wants to get her off his tail, so he takes her to a place where she's uncomfortable, aka either the uh, the singing mobster uh, pirate place or the nudist colony of Zootopia. <laughs> From there, things... I couldn't believe I couldn't believe that was in the movie. Honestly, that was beautiful. <laughs> honestly, the film the film went out there in certain ways that were like appropriate, but like at the same time they were just out there, <laughs> and I was app- right, right. I appreciated that. But... I felt like that that whole scene was like the. Zootopia equivalent of the drug trip in The Good Dinosaur. I would agree, though. The, I, at least, at least Zootopia gave us a little bit of ease. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah, the drug trip was just <laughs> out of nowhere. So, so wacky. <laughs> like, I was like, okay, we have a dinosaur. Hey, look, there's fruit. Oh wait, you have three heads. <laughs> I mean, it was just. Oh man. It was. Uh, oh wow. So yeah. I, I feel like I feel like there's a lot of similarity between Tangled and. Uh, and Zootopia, the characters seem pretty similar. The opening to the plot yes. seems similar, um, but at the same time, they they are pretty different in terms of where the characters go from that point on. Like, there's no there's no relationship like a like romance between the bunny and the fox because that would be weird. And there's yeah, like, well, the internet's wanting to make it happen, but uh, well, frankly, uh, let's not let's not address that actually. Well, uh, I mean, we shouldn't, but we should because the film's being lauded as like uh, like this racial film was talking about the race yes. issues in America and other countries so I mean technically I guess that would be like based on their allegory it wouldn't be a bad thing but like yeah. biologically actually, it's kind of a gray area right like I think that's actually where the film was very strong obviously this was a race parable and obviously it had a lot of racial undertones but the really fascinating part of this film is that it took that idea, put it in the story, and then let it go organically from there. 
Like, there wasn't specific parts where you're just, uh, other than all the parts of Shakira. Like, I, let's not talk about that. Let's not talk about Shakira. But, <laughs> but uh, um, I mean, Zootopia did a remarkable job in keeping their story really organic to that story world. They weren't pushing um, a lot of the modern issues, like, forcing it in, so to speak. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they took that as their initial idea, and then they ran with it, even though it might have gone in different directions, um, if, if, if that makes sense. It does. What was, a, what was one of the ways you thought they organically wove it in? I mean, I, I feel like it's at the core of the um, story, and you really can't take it out. Because that's it's her hard, struggle. It's, it's hard to tell by the end who is meant to be white and who's meant to be minority. Mm. That's one of the ways. Like, initially, you're like, okay, yeah, the predator and the prey... Um, but then you get into the issues like Zootopia is 90% prey, and then you get into the issues of like, oh wait, this person, uh, the sheep character, is shh. actually shh. shh. Oh, I guess this is a spoiler. I don't know right how now. many. I don't know how many spoilers. Hey, everybody! Well, I mean, this film has almost made a billion dollars. I mean, it's like it's three fourths of the way there globally to making yes. a billion dollars. So this is officially a spoiler review. The sheep is actually maniacal. Hello, Hans. You're a sheep now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Except I, well, I didn't. Actually, that's actually a pretty. Uh, that's a pretty good comparison. Except I didn't see the sheep coming. I think everyone had Hans in the back of their mind as possibly being the bad guy. I think right. that happened. No one saw the, the the sweet little sheep coming. I didn't, at least. Did you? Yeah. Um. Well, I I, uh, I wasn't surprised. I did like. I wasn't. I wasn't try- going at this like an Agatha Christie novel, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. I wasn't trying to intentionally figure <laughs> out the mystery. So then I wasn't as surprised because I was, like, leaving myself open to all the, all the uh, possibilities. Mm-hmm. But I actually angled more towards the, uh, oh, what is the guy's name? The uh, whole sergeant dude over the police force. Oh, yeah, the uh, Idris Elba water buffalo. Yes. Yeah, him. Oh, by the way, he did an amazing job. Well, you know, I thought he did fine. I I wouldn't go as far as amazing, but he did he did a good job, and I think he's lined up for several more animated films, and I think he's a good voice to add in. He could be like the next, yeah. the next uh, what's that guy with the really deep voice, the really tall guy? He talks like this old. He was in he was entangled. He was in Everyone Loves Raymond. Uh, that guy. Anyway, never mind. But yeah, I th- I thought Idris Elba's uh, oh, voice is okay, really yeah. good for for this, and that clip from Jungle yes. Book where he's playing Shere Khan is absolutely on point. So. I haven't watched that yet because I'm generally, I, uh, I mean, Cinderella was good, but generally I'm not a fan of live action remakes of animated films. Me neither, and I went on a. So I, a, I've just been ignoring it. Yeah, no, I don't intend to see it, but I saw the clip, and he was good in it. That's all I was saying. Okay. But yeah, um, the character work I thought was excellent in the film. Yes. Yes. And by the way, that brings me to something I wanted to mention while you were talking about the comparisons to Tangled, mm-hmm. which was that the, I, I did think of um, the fox as like a Flynn Rider type character. He was. I, I, did, I did make that comparison. He was very much a Flynn Rider type character. And the beginning of his friendship with Judy was very much that like Rapunzel, Flynn um, dynamic. But I also think Judy was very much stood on her own as a character. She was this interesting mix of, like, naive and really, like, she really kicked butt, honestly. She's an intense go-getter, which I don't think we ever saw out of yes. Rapunzel. I think Rapunzel is much more the naive, kind of a happy-go-lucky person, but she's not. Right. She doesn't have that ambition drive that Judy does. So Judy Judy was a great character. I connected with yes. her immediately. Yes. 
Um, yeah, she was she was so dynamic. Like throughout the film, she hit a lot of different like emotional levels. Mm-hmm. Um, really well-rounded character. I was extremely impressed. Yeah, and this seems maybe another part of the Disney kind of trend now. It, I'm feeling this type of character. I mean, she's similar to Rapunzel. She reminded me a little bit of Daisy Ridley's character Ray in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe that's just the spoof poster that they made compared with with the two of them. <laughs> but um yes. But yeah, in terms of a character and I just love the relationship between Judy and the Fox character whose Nick. name keeps escaping yeah. me. Nick. Um it's what? Nick Wilde. Mick Nick. Yes, him. I, because I mean it's just it's just a friendship that they have going in and it's like a realistic friendship. Like it's I I really dug how it developed over the course yes. of time. It, that was very organic. Everything about the film really was organic until yes. until about the last act where I thought that for theme's sake they did go and do some things that were Yeah, I think that was mostly had to do with Gazelle. Uh, all of the Gazelle films I felt really the the Gazelle scenes put it over the top for me. Like her little monologue about Zootopia being a diverse city. Yeah. Um that was that bad. really like I was like, oh come on. Like you're doing so well. And I didn't um, like and when it, the film came on came across as heavy handed. It did. Uh, and it's, I think it's mostly because of that third act. And I didn't like yeah. the, when she went back to her childhood home and she saw the fox that bullied her. Like, all his dialogue at that point, I was throwing up in my mouth a little bit. It was very on the nose. But honestly, that's like some of the, that's like the only thing about the film that I have a problem with. Everything else was like ridiculously entertaining. Yeah. Um, yes. I thought, I thought, yeah. But again, I'm, I'm seeing like a cohesive quality to mm-hmm. this second Disney renaissance in terms of stories, like the endings of all the Disney, uh, the new Disney renaissance films have been the same. Uh, Tangled, um, in some ways. Tangled, Frozen, Wreck-It Ralph, Big Hero 6. All of them had the characters sacrificing and then coming right back. Yes. Um, and we had something like that in Zootopia, but better. Like, yes. it, was, it was close. But it, it, <laughs> oh, I was, I, honestly, I was fooled. Yeah, oh, that, that bite to the neck. Oh, my gosh. I was like, Whoa. And, then, and, then, and then the circularity, I was like, oh, yeah. So perfect. So perfect, because that opening scene killed me. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I was laughing so hard. as She's as, blood, she's, blood. she's squirting ketchup from her armpit. I'm like, what the heck? What is this? It was so good. I mean, I, I, know, was, several, I know several theater majors here that was like, that scene is so accurate. <laughs> so accurate. That person is me. <laughs> and that's a good point for uh, for for like a note for later is the circularity of, mm-hmm. of the thing. You, you mentioned how this is one of the most circular films. Things from yes. earlier in the film just keep coming back. Yes, there are so many internal references, which mm-hmm. is like it is is beautiful from a storytelling perspective. How circular the film is in terms of they set things up and they pay it off. They don't have like loose ends that they. I couldn't I couldn't see any anyway. I only saw it once, and I'm usually see things several times before I mm-hmm. am able to get a good grasp on them. But from what I saw, there weren't any loose ends. Everything that we thought was necessary was necessary some of the things that we thought were just like a one-off joke came back later i'm thinking of one scene in particular at the very end oh every single person i've talked to about this movie talks about the end like that last scene every it is it it is so good i didn't see it coming no one saw it coming i'm like (gasps) honestly though uh, my favorite thing was mr big in this film i laughed so hard i laughed so hard 
I mean, oh, I, it's not, I don't even feel like it's that good of a gag. I mean, it's just it's just a Godfather spoof. But why is it so funny? <laughs> I, I don't know. The, the voice acting there was so I, on point. Yes. His voice. It was like I perfect. Said. It was perfect. Just 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 an octave, like two or three octaves higher. I I loved Mr. Big. Oh, it was so good. And then he kept coming back too. Mm-hmm. And his whole thing, the payoff of that scene of them escaping was from mm-hmm. earlier in that film. When yes. when she saves like his daughter, so I mean that pays yes. off. And the thing with the character- and I mean like even the thing with the blueberries, like but yeah, the blueberries pays at the off. beginning of the film. He's eating blueberries. Mm-hmm. Oh, like that's yeah. something that's set up and then paid off. Mm-hmm. And obviously and the just- pen keeps coming back, the little carrot pen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I just I think it's wonderful how much of that there is in the mm-hmm. film. It it gave it a, a generally cohesive quality that you don't get right. out of animated films. Yes, definitely, because especially with films like DreamWorks, they uh, uh, studios like DreamWorks, they're always like really rushing to get their films out, like getting yeah. them into production, getting them through, getting them animated so that they can make some money. Because DreamWorks, I mean, as a public company, they live and die. They live and die on uh, every every um, box office box office success. They really do. They don't have Disney's ten film a year slate that they can put out. Yeah, but yeah, um, like in DreamWorks, I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of the Crudes, which mm-hmm. I, you may disagree. This is my favorite DreamWorks film. You, you probably are going to go with How to Train Dragon. I definitely disagree, but I can see where you're going with this reference. But yeah, I mean, at the very end of the film, the sacrifice scene, um, I thought it, it had a little bit of circularity. You know, the hug bit, and yes, never, never be afraid. And I was, there's a little bit of that, but I mean, that's that's really on the nose circularity and not terribly artistic whereas Utopia is small things throughout the entirety of the film. Yes. That and life's like that. And I think that it was another it was just a really good and easy way almost to to kind of bring stuff back in the story. And it's what good planning can yes. help you do. Definitely. Like this feature film is just it is one of the best examples of foreshadowing I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. Set up payoff like it is so good. Like even little things. There are so many little things. That you see later. They have the details. The detail work. Yeah, the, is it's very such nice. a detailed movie. It was that's one of the reasons why I called it like the most well-rounded Disney film since the nineties, because it is so detailed and there's so much thought put into the animation. Mm-hmm. Even like the camera angle, like there's one part in particular I'm thinking of, um, when Judy turns in her badge and she sets her badge down on the counter, and there's like this banner across across the desk. And she sets it down right next to the word trust. Hmm. I missed that. Which is which I thought was a really cool like little thing that they did. Yeah. And also, what's up with the now I'm mm, I'm not sure how I feel about the frozen references. <laughs> the weasel um, Weasel Town. <laughs> and then the, there's a let it go that <laughs> let they switch. I'm like, ugh. Uh, it was pretty overt. I'm, I'm surprised how many people didn't catch it, though. Apparently, there's a large portion of the American population who did not catch those references. Wow, that's impressive. I will say, though, the other internal references, such as um, with the pirated DVDs. Okay, I'll, I'll so, let that go. <laughs> so on point. I just... <laughs> We've got movies out of even coming out yet. Like, I, we even have... Yeah, and we, the, even have, we haven't come out with yet. And Disney's like, by the way, this is our slate. <laughs> Right, right. Keep like watching movies. <laughs> Meowana. <laughs> Coming late 2016. The next princess movie. 
podcast. I'm super excited for that one. You know, I... I'm a fangirl, honestly. What's that? I'm kind of a fangirl, honestly. Honestly, at this point, you really are. I'm not sure about Moana. If I j- I'm just crossing my fingers hoping that it's really good. Because I'm a big brother, and I will be seeing this film for the next four years of my life. And I will be seeing merchandise, and everything will be about this film forever. Mm-hmm. Until Frozen 2 comes out. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm hoping Moan is good. I'm hoping can, Disney continues to make films of this caliber, honestly. There's, yes. there, in, in the world of kind of lame kids' films, um, right. or films that have the ability to uh, keep kids entertained is a better way of putting right. it because I mean there's so much cross appeal at this point that it's, mm-hmm. it's not specifically a kids film not anymore no um, nope. but Disney their their last major uh, like five major releases have been really on point um, yes but one thing I talked about to you yesterday is I really hope I really hope they go back to some of the weirder more out there <laughs> stories I really do Lilo and Stitch is is at the one as near the top of my list as you can get for Disney films, as is um, The Emperor's New Groove. And they're just yeah. so weird. The <laughs> whole idea is so wild. No one would ever think to come up with this, and Disney did. And even though Disney was in kind of their, their slump, as you put it, they, they made some films that weren't good. Home on yeah. the Range was so bad. <laughs> yeah, I think there's some freedom that comes with being really bad. Yeah. Like... If you're this, if you're that bad, and your films are flopping, like you gotta let you gotta let the, let go of the reins and let the uh, storytellers run somewhere crazy. A little girl in Hawaii befriend, befriends an alien. I mean, this is this is good stuff. It did it did that plot line <laughs> better than ET did. Honestly, I, yeah, I, I, I haven't seen it in a long time, so I need to pick that movie up again. Uh, there's there's a lot of detail work in that too. I, I think that's a that's a great film. But yeah, where where do you want to see Disney stories go from here? Now that we've had this Zootopia and we've had four other flicks beyond that that have been really on point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to tell because they've only talked about three films. Um, three. As far as I know, they have Moana coming up okay. um, later this year. Yeah. They have, I think in two years, they have a film called Gigantic. I believe that's Jack and the Beanstalk, but I'm not oh, sure. Yeah. I remember um, them mentioning then, that. And then they have an untitled film in 2019 that some people are speculating is Frozen 2. Well, I mean, they've. I didn't. Didn't Kristen Bell just come out and say they started recording Frozen 2 lines? Um, I saw that report. Or they, they had a script. Yeah, no, Frozen 2 is definitely happening. There's no speculation about mm-hmm. it at this stage. Yeah, they, they haven't. They haven't put a, uh, a release date yet. Oh, all, okay. they, all I know is that they have an untitled film coming out in 2019 that may or may not be Frozen 2. It might be a different film. Okay. Frozen 2 could be coming out in 2018, 2020. Who knows? And, you know, I've when it comes to sequels, Disney's been really good about this nice five, six-year period of not mm-hmm. giving us any. And yes. I've really appreciated that. I think one, that's one of the reasons why they're doing so well. Like, you look back at the uh, Renaissance, the 1989 through 1999, all, new all stuff. of those movies were originals, mm-hmm. and all but one of them. Um, oh, excuse me. All but one of them were originals, and all but one of them were musicals. And the only one that wasn't original and that wasn't a musical was The Rescuers Down Under, which was pretty. Wait, The Rescuers? Yeah, that was a sequel. It was still yes. really good, though. I, I liked it. <laughs> um, I haven't seen it since I was like ten. So. Well, it may not be good. I haven't seen it for a long time either. But yeah, I mean, uh, so the fact that they are making a Frozen Two is disappointing to me. But, you yeah. know, 
I'm not that audience anyway. So yeah, I think I think they had some plot threads they could pick up on, but I, it's I, I definitely agree with you that it's not necessary. Yeah, and I mean we were talking too about as Disney's gotten way better, Pixar is kind of evened out. Yes, Inside Out, uh, not in that consideration. Which Inside Out I think is one of Pixar's best. So, yes. but I mean it's been sketchy for a couple years. I mean Brave was was yeah okay. I mean, visually, it was beautiful, and same mm-hmm. with the Good Dinosaur. Both visually awesome yes. films, um, mm-hmm. but but just kind of less unique, less creative in terms of storytelling. And yeah. and Cars Two, we won't even talk about because it was bad. <laughs> yeah, it, it was I think not Cars good. Two, Cars Two, like we had, it, I, probably I would say the peak of um, Pixar was 2005 to 2010, and then. Like the crowning glory was Toy Story three. Everyone oh, just sobbed. So and much then weeping. Cars two came out in two thousand eleven, and everyone sobbed for a different reason. <laughs> That's accurate. And I'm really, I really want to root for Finding Dory, but it just looks like <laughs> Cars two again. I mean, it's yes. the same basic. I, it's premise. basically the same plot line. They, I think it'll be more emotionally involving, but I would hope so. Because, I mean, at least it is, it's not approaching it from the singular, this is a funny story thing. Right. Because I mean, Cars right. 2 was it was like uh, just a glorified Mater Tall Tale, like one of those shorts that they released. Yes. So It was basically the, the man with one red shoe with Mater. And that doesn't work. That doesn't work. No. As much as, much as I, I would have liked it. I hate the man with one red shoe. It's one of my least favorite movies. I haven't seen it. Um, oh, don't see it. It's not good. I want funny movies to succeed. I really do. I wanted Minions yeah. to be good. I never saw it, by the way. But I wanted oh, Minions so, to be good. It's the only movie that's ever made me fall asleep. Wow. That's intense. Yeah. But, I mean, these characters, uh, Pixar writes great side characters that are funny, but they don't write... They're, they're, the protagonists have, have to be something different for them, it seems like. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. For DSWS News, I'm Daniel Thompson. A giant Playmobil statue has been stolen from out front of a Canadian toy store. The four-and-a-half-foot figurine was reportedly nicked by a young man who grabbed it and, quote, ran like the wind. In the process, the statue's head and one of its arms fell off, before being returned to the thief by a helpful bystander. The store manager allegedly stated that the statue was important to the store, calling it a big draw. Far be it from me to judge, Canadian store manager, but if a Playmobil statue is the highlight of your establishment, then your problems run much deeper than that. The National Rifle Association has rewritten a number of classic fairy tales to include guns, one report says. The stories now allegedly feature weapon-savvy versions of their original protagonists, and how the situations of Little Red Riding Hood and Hansel and Gretel might be impacted by their possession of firearms. One middle-aged basement-residing commenter remarked that this is the single most Republican thing he's seen all week. On April Fool's Day in China, a monkey pulled down a man's pants. The monkey left the scene of the prank thinking to himself about how intelligent he was and remarking on such a chord to all of his monkey friends. All his monkey friends found his ramblings irritating and promptly beat him to death with small rocks and a plastic disposable knife. An unknown entity in Denver is pasting plastic baby faces to various random surfaces across the city. These modern art-style toy infant faces have received mixed to negative reviews from Denver residents, despite them holding a 72% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. We phoned the Dalai Lama for his opinion. He has no comment. A Mississippi dog was found carrying a bag of marijuana home to his family this week, authorities alleged. The animal was found wandering the neighborhood with what appeared to be a bag of garbage, later identified as the previously mentioned control substance. 
The dog's family and friends have gathered together to confront him on his addiction, while the legalization camp has begun using the incident as yet another example of the natural nature of the green leafy substance. Finally, a grammatically challenged church put up an Easter sign that read, Chris has risen. For VSWS News, I'm Daniel Thompson. Getting back to Zootopia, uh, focusing back in, I think you're, besides the third act heavy-handedness, it's one of the best examples of taking a theme that is definitely Mm -hmm. a political theme. Um, I mean, it's it's a very strong-held political disposition right now, but they present it in a way that's mutually acceptable to even people who would disagree, I feel like. Yeah, it did its definitely. theme good, and you know I've, we're both we're both Christian authors. Mm-hmm. Most of the people listening right now are are writing Christian stories. What do we take from the success of Zootopia in terms of its theme development? Well, I think like the, this is an this illustrates the importance of having a theme growing organically from the essential idea. Mm-hmm. Because. I mean, this is a, you could say that in parts it got preachy. It did. Um, and that's something that Christian writers struggle with a lot. So looking at this movie, you can look and see where the parts are that you didn't like, that you thought were preachy, and where the parts are that felt really organic and came straight from the film, not from the author's own messages or their filmmaker's own messages. Mm-hmm. And we can take that idea and apply it to our own writing. Like, what makes a theme organic? How does it work on its own terms I feel like it's it was so important to to Judy her dream mm-hmm. and the whole th- yes. the whole crux of the conflict is she can't follow her dream because of who she is mm-hmm. and I think the theme flows from that central conflict um, which mm-hmm. is which is which is interesting I feel like uh, like I just saw war room have you seen war room yet I have not yeah um, I've I've been <laughs> I've been a pretty big proponent of the Kendrick Brothers for mm-hmm. for their stuff because I've seen an upward trajectory. Yes. I've I've seen movement along the curve, and the movement has stopped along the curve. Um, was, <laughs> That's what I've heard. Yeah, it was sad. Um, I mean, there there are parts of the films that were good, better character work that I've seen. Well, just one mm-hmm. of the character actually. Never mind. Um, but but the central <laughs> conflict of the story. Uh, just, just this, uh, the, the, the marriage falling apart between these two people, yeah. much like uh, Fireproof's central conflict. Um, I, the, the theme that, that God can solve the marriage, it didn't, I, I felt like that wasn't the, it, it, it did feel, maybe that wasn't that film's problem, because I mean, that's just, it just was obsessed with its singular theme, but mm-hmm. it didn't have like the vitality that Zootopia gave its theme. It didn't go out yes. its way to to find different examples and to to ex- observe the theme from multiple angles. Right. Cuz Utopia mm-hmm. had you on your toes a bit. It had you moving Definitely. back and forth. Definitely. Yeah, you couldn't you couldn't tell at some it it was very good at not labeling who the enemy is and who the um good guys are. Mm-hmm. Cuz even we have that scene with Judy and Nick where she is the person who's doing the wrong thing. Yeah. Mhm. And so I think in that way, like it's very, it's very well balanced and very like it's it's applying it to all both sides of the conflict. Yeah, I I agree with that, and it, it makes you identify with Judy, and then it lets it makes Judy do something wrong, because mm-hmm. because I think that's the crux of the, uh, what would, the like the modern day civil rights movement 
is is that you all don't realize that you're doing something wrong. Yes. That that seems to be that's that's kind of what I'm getting out of like minor cultural communications class and from the media right now. Y'all don't realizing you're 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 not getting that what you're doing here is affecting us negatively. Yeah. So definitely. the the movie went out of the way its way to make you identify with Judy and then to set mm-hmm. up something for her to do wrong so that you can kind of identify with that and yeah. gain that perspective organically. Mm-hmm. Which which is is more than just presenting the theme, it's becoming the theme. Yeah. And and cause and knowing how your viewers are going to react, how your readers in a book setting are going to react to characters, mm-hmm. who they're going to identify with, and then how you can you can uh, leverage that connection. And I hate yeah. using the word leverage, but how 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 that relationship between your your readers and your characters, how that causes your readers to see things, and how you can bring about realizations that way. Yeah. So. And I think that's the thing the movie did best. It made the theme an essential part of the character. Like, if the, if they did not handle this theme, there would have been no movie. Like, it is so intrinsically tied to the plot and to the characters, you can't take it out. Now, what happened if the theme was scaled back? Let's say that the scene where the cheetah eating the donuts doesn't say that she's cute and that's not a problem. Let's say we scale, mm-hmm. we scale it back. We don't have the heavy-handed third act where all the white sheep are running around being bad white people. And mm-hmm. and things things are just, <laughs> which is ironic because they're the minority. Yeah. It's the the well, I wouldn't say the minority. They they're. Uh, never mind. Let's just follow follow your thought. Well, the sheep thing bothered me on a couple different levels. Because I mean, they they were specifically all the sheep are white, and it, mm-hmm. it was that was kind of a label they were throwing at us, and also they were yeah, sheep. Well, <laughs> and the sheep, sheep thing have is that the Initially, the way it was set up was that the predators and the prey. So we have these. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you have. So it's it's hard to tell. I mean, you have some obvious examples like the white sheep, Mm -hmm. but it's sometimes it's hard to tell if you're supposed to identify which race is what. Which is one thing I like the ambiguity of that. Yeah, honestly, that helped. That that really did. That really did. So nobody felt offended, honestly. Honestly, no, not really. It was. It wasn't. Bad in that, but let's say you you stripped away all the heavy handedness. Gazelle wasn't being mm-hmm. her. Well, who was that? Kesha? Who was that? Shakira. Shakira. Yeah, that person. Let's say you strip all that down. Would the story have lost power? Would it have gained power? Um, did it need to go the extra mile to to really drive its theme home? Was that a successful thing, or are are the extra hand heavy handed stuff is that is that detrimental? I think that. I think if you strip it down, it would have lost some power. But I think you can trim it down, mm-hmm. and it would have gained power. If you you add in less is more, you add in more subtlety, you add in more nonverbal beats that like exemplify the plot. Mm-hmm. I think it would have gained a lot of power. I felt like it, it could have been like incredibly artistic in the way it handled its theme in the third act yeah. if they had just it gotten rid of some of the very explicit like. This is not the Zootopia that I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and even the the villain reveal was very thematic in its nature. Yeah. It wasn't. I I didn't see that coming. I didn't think it was very organic. I mean, I can see it. Well, I, I didn't the, see the, it. I I can definitely see it. I just felt like the way they handled her introduction was not enough of a. Oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah, because it made sense if you think about it. 
But the way they set it up was not, I don't think it was handled as well as it could have done. Yeah, probably so. So when we're going in and working in our themes, if we, if we really want theme to be a strong part of our stories, we have to make it organic. We have to really observe it <laughs> and go at it from the multiple different angles and get at it creatively. We can't, mm -hmm. You can't just spit it out there. Because every time you do that, whenever you, you show your hand, um, I, th I think that's when the theme loses power because people realize they're being told something. Definitely. So, um, for the most part, congrats to Zootopia for doing what it did. I enjoyed the film. I watched it as a yes. couple feature with my brother. We went and saw 10 Cloverfield Lane and Zootopia back-to-back, -back, <laughs> which, that's a whole nother story. You, uh, No one needs to go see 10 Cloverfield Lane. It's <laughs> not a need to see, but it was kind of fun because there are certain things about that film that are very accurate, like the redneck doomsday bunker. That's a thing. That was accurate. John Goodman's a great villain in that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, really? Great villain wow. work. Oh, beautiful stuff. Uh, last 15 minutes of that film are the worst thing ever, though. I was really disappointed with the conclusion. Oh, yeah. But tense all the way up through there. Anyway, but yeah, mm -hmm. um, where do you want to see Disney storytelling go? Where? What's the next step for you? I think they have got their development down. Like, they know, they know how, they've done this Pixarian thing where they know how to take a simple idea such as... Um, a bunny wants to be a cop in the big city and they know how to turn that into a complex movie. So what they need to do now is to find more creative original ideas, if that makes sense. Okay. And learn how to expand that beyond the traditional three-act structure. Because I feel like that's a lot... One of the reasons why the five really good Disney movies that have come out in the last six years um, work so well is because they follow that traditional structure and they have similar plot beats at the end. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what I want Disney to do is to learn to move a little bit beyond and surprise us with that three-act structure. Yeah. And to, like, find some really interesting core ideas to explore. Agreed. Because, like, like, Inside Out is a great example of this. They went beyond the traditional three-act structure by making having no villain at all. There's no villain in Inside Out. Yeah. And they also took a very creative original idea, which is that there are five emotions in the little girl's head and she's they're learning how to cope after she moves yeah. that's like the inherent idea of it it's a beautiful so, idea. so, so in other words i want disney to move towards inside out <laughs> yeah i i agree with that completely i think disney's in a great place right now to where it can tackle some of the stories and some of the the ideas that it maybe didn't handle as well during mm -hmm. during its slump. Like, it didn't really handle Treasure Planet or Atlantis as well as those stories could have been, even though their character work was yeah. great. I feel yes. like we can take stories, keep them simple, absolutely keep them simple, mm -hmm. but let's get a little bit more creative. Let's not do yes. more, any more anthropomorphized animals. <laughs> um, I think it's pretty much a subgenre now. It kind of is. And honestly, I'm tired of seeing fake character deaths at the end of movies. Please no more of those. Yep. Um. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the the next trope is going to be the lovable character turning bad temporarily. Like, we mm -hmm. had that, we played on that in uh, in this film when she shoots the fox, and mm -hmm. we did that with Baymax in what was the mm -hmm. best scene of Big Hero 6, in my opinion. Yeah. That scene and we had gets it, me we had it in How to Train Your Dragon 2 as well. <gasps> You're right. We did. I hadn't even made that connection yet. So let's not do that anymore either. Yeah. Um, I like to see them move away from kind of the style they've been doing in terms of that. and um, But, I mean, at the same time, I don't mind the cohesion so much. Because, I mean, it does give a familiar, almost a Marvel-like familiar, familiarity 
mm -hmm. these films, which may be part of Disney's overriding structure. You never know. Right. Because, um, I mean, Marvel films are feeling the same, and Star Wars kind of felt like a Marvel movie mm -hmm. in, in some ways. So it's interesting to kind of try to peel back the Disney mentality mm -hmm. a little bit to see where they're going, you know? Right. I think it's growing more similar to the Pixar mentality. I mean, you look at Zootopia. Mm -hmm. if, if, you, if Disney had come out with that six or seven years ago, everyone would have thought it was a Pixar film. Everyone. You're absolutely right. Zootopia is the closest thing Disney's done to mm -hmm. a Pixar film. Well, honestly, Wreck-It Ralph, I could... That's true. I could, a, little bit, a little bit better storytelling, a little less on the nose in certain parts, and that was a Pixar film mm -hmm. going to happen. And that's, yeah. I think, my favorite idea out of the five that they've put out. Definitely. Definitely. So, so I'm looking forward to it. We'll see what they do with Moana. Hopefully it'll be more than a traditional uh, princess story. But, Amen. Um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's in it, and I think that's just fun. <laughs> that's hilarious. I think, it, I think it's going to be great. Okay. I'm down for it. That's my, that's my official prediction. And Moana's going to be great. Moana's going to be great. It'll at least they got fantastic directors on Who's that project. Directing it? So. Who's directing it? Um, let me look really quick. Who is directing Hello it? Hello there, Mr. Google. I'm doing it simultaneously. Musker and Clements, who are these people? Oh, man. Musker and Clements are the best. What did they do? Musker, they did um, basically all of the best films of the of the Renaissance. Oh, they did. They did The Great Mouse Detective. They did Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Hercules, Treasure Planet, and The Princess and the Frog. Okay. That's hit and miss, but still awesome. Yes. Okay. They're, they're, that's one of the things that Disney did to uh, um, kind of bring... That's one of the things that sparked their second renaissance, actually, is they brought mm -hmm. back a lot of old directors, including Ron Musker um, or Musker and Clements. So. Okay. so I'm excited because they are very skilled directors and they're very familiar with the Disney princess, um, with the Disney princess genre. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, so, yeah, you know, that's, that, yeah, I, I can't think of a better uh, collection of, of directors. I'm, now, my favorite, my, um, well, I'm not sure if I can say my favorite. I really like the directors who did, who, who made, who made the Lego movie? Who did that? Oh, those no, guys. No, those, uh, those guys are great. I was thinking... They're really great. They did Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs as well. Oh, bless um, them. And bless... Uh, I want I want to see Sanders come back. Sanders and... Uh, what's the other guy's name? Ah, uh, guys Miller. Bill yeah. Lord and Christopher Miller directed the Lego movie. Ah, yes. Them. I'd like to see them come do a Disney flick. And then uh, the guys who did How to Train Your Dragon, Lilo, Stitch, and the Crudes. I'd like them to come. Yeah. I'd like to see more work out of them, too. They do not associate with Pixar and uh, Disney. Actually, uh, Chris Will—is it Chris Will Chris Sanders, um, who did Lilo and Stitch? He was actually the original director for Bolt, and they they tried to work with him, and and they were like, "You can't get this movie to where it needs to be," so he left. Um, oh. So they're not actually—they—I don't think they will work with Disney again. Probably not Pixar either, because they're not part of that structure. Oh, that's a shame. Um, but. They've been doing some quality work with uh, DreamWorks Animation. That's true. You know what? They brought the Croods in, and where do you put the Croods on your list? I mean, I, I figured you got the, the How to Train Your Dragons at top. Am I right? Um, in terms of DreamWorks films, yeah. Um, the Croods, I would... It's pretty good. Um, I really enjoyed it. That Basically, 
it's your generic animated movie up until the last act. Like the last third of the film Beautiful. transcends the first two the first two thirds of the film. I and think, then you're yeah. just like Yeah. And the character voice work is great. Nicolas Cage plays such a good character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is saying actually, a lot. I, I was I, I was watching it. I was watching in that uh what what is that frame rate? Like that really fast frame rate? Uh, um yeah, I don't that know. They did originally for like the Hobbit. Well I watched it in that. Oh, it wow. was really weird and trippy to watch. And then all of a sudden, Nicolas Cage's voice comes out of the TV, and I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> what am I watching? Oh, that is hilarious. That is really funny. They have that trippy soundtrack piece right at the beginning. Yeah. Oh, I was yeah. not a fan. I, I, it, was, it was really weird right there. So I was like, what is this film? Um, yeah. But then it got... Got really good at the, at the I, end, so I like it. I forgive it. I like it. In terms of, I I, we, I gotta let you go, and I know I do, but I just wanted. We talked about some of the Disney releases. What are the animated films that you're looking forward to seeing next? What, what's on your radar, just so people can look <laughs> out for good movies? Um, definitely Moana. Okay. Um, there's a stop motion animated feature. I can't think of the name off of the top of my head. That actually looks good. I think it's coming from the same studio that made. Uh, Coraline and Paranorman and the Box Trolls. Ooh, that could be. That could be good. Which is, I, I, mm. I don't care for the studio, but the trailer mm. looked. Oh yeah, very, it's. Uh, I sent you that trailer. <laughs> Maybe it, you did. It's uh, someone of the six strings. It kind of yes. has that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Co- so I'm actually I'm, I'm keeping Kubo my tabs of the two on strings. that one. Yeah. Um, only yesterday from Studio Ghibli is currently in limited release. I think it's going out of theaters now. Okay. But I really want to see that one. Whenever it comes out on DVD, um, and then I I mentioned Moana, right? Yes, I think I did. <laughs> uh, and then there's a I'm gonna see Finding Dory. I I'm not sold. Uh, I'm not but, either, but we'll see. But there's a uh, there's a Pixar film coming out that sounded a lot like um, what was that film about the Day of the Dead? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, there's a it's... stop motion film about the Day of the Dead. I was oh, the Book of Life. That's what it was. Yeah, I watched the first ten minutes. I wasn't I wasn't too impressed, so I turned it off. But but Coco, um, the Pixar, <laughs> yeah, Coco. That's what it's called. But the Pixar film is looking very interesting. I and want so it. So far, I want it. <laughs> the reason I want it, honestly, is just because um, I feel like it's such. It could be so cool visually, and I just want to see Pixar with their hands on it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, and then of course, uh, to cap off this list, I am very excited for the Lego Batman movie. Yes, yes. I'm very, very excited. I, I, the, the trailer was so wacky and so perfect. So perfect. And I didn't know what I was getting into with the first Lego movie. My brother was a huge Lego fan. He drugged me to see it for his birthday, and I love yeah. the Lego movie so much. And I am. I, I think so that down. movie is basically your incarnation. <laughs> That is you. If you were ever made into a movie with Legos, that would be the movie right there. <laughs> well, I'll take but it. But it is such a great film. It is one of oh, the really great films come out yes. in the last five years. Yes, it is. And I'm I'm still angry that it didn't get didn't uh, get nominated for an Oscar. No kidding. Although no that kidding. was a tough year. There was a lot of great films nominated for that t- animated feature. I take it this year you're skipping Angry Birds, The Secret Life of Pets, Ice Age Five. Um, I might see Secret Life of Pets. When it comes out on DVD, but yeah, <laughs> I have. But I mean, the the main thing I do is I just watch the reviews. Yeah, yeah. like I, if if I'm hearing mixed to positive reviews, I might check it out. 
Okay. But almost always, like a money trip like the Angry Birds, like that's almost never going to be good. Trailers have been good. And the trailer... (laughs) I thought... The trailer had a killer punchline. It did. Like with that with that eagle, which was so bad, it was so bad. But I couldn't help myself from laughing. <laughs> let's let's face. I mean, in terms of a movie that's coming off of like a phone game, I'll give it props. It looks funny, but yeah, I yeah. won't be. I won't have I won't a seat be. in the theater on that one. Oh, it well. looks like a. It looks like another uh, illegitimate son of Shrek. Probably, probably. Which I just. I Shrek the movie is okay, but. I hate what it did to animation. Like with the whole, I mean, you combine potty jokes, you got uh, funny irreverence, and you got all of these. I don't know. Yeah, no. It's but not. I digress. You digress. We'll talk about that another time. Jake, thanks so much for coming on the show and talking to me about animation. This has been great. Absolutely. Well, we'll make we'll make it a thing. Next animated flick that comes out, we'll have you back right. in. So then we can have another uh, fangirl session. It'll be great. <laughs> It'll be great. All right, man. Have a great day, man. See ya. And there we go. It's a thing. What did you guys think of Zootopia? I think most of you have probably seen Zootopia by now. What did you think? What did you think about the way they worked their themes? Let me know in the comments at thatguywiththehat.com or on SoundCloud. You can do it in either of those places. Or you can catch me up on Facebook because I exist there. And Twitter. I also kind of exist there. And Goodreads is really not a place where communication can happen. But hey, you can tell me what you're reading. And I want to know what you're reading. I tell you what I'm reading, but right now I'm really not reading anything. I'm actually, well, I take that back. I'm still reading that Riding Down to the Bone book. Did I mention that to you all before? The one where, like, it, it takes, like, the whole zen approach to write. It's really, it's really pretty whack. I'm going to tell you all about that later if I haven't already. But as for me and my monkeys, it's time to go. So you all have a lovely Monday. Have a great week. Tell me what you thought of Zootopia, and I will catch you all again.